Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad Joe with you until 11 o'clock. If you missed the first hour, Les Schwab Tires podcast, 1080thefan.com, radio.com app is where you can find it. The new text line, 503-250-1080. You can text that with your thoughts about the show. I wanted to play some audio for you this segment uh, based around the NFL as the NFL made their statement on the Black Lives Matter movement, and they put out their little written statement, and it felt very hollow and disingenuous and, you know, just kind of a another company trying to show that they care, even though they probably don't really care, right? And plus, the NFL's history with this kind of stuff has shown that they don't really care slash don't support it. And I want to say this was Thursday. A video was released by Michael Thomas, and Saquon Barkley were the two who I saw it from. And it was shared all across Twitter and social media. And uh, it was a really, really powerful message from a bunch of the black athletes in the NFL. And I wanted to play that for you now. It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your players? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Gardner. I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am Walter Scott. I am Michael Brown. I am Samuel Du Bois. I am Frank Smart. I'm Philip White. I am Jordan Baker. 
We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black, Black lives, lives matter. matter. Black lives matter. So it was really powerful. It was a bunch of the really, really big name players in the league as well. Um, you know, you had Michael Thomas, Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes was in there. Tyra Matthew was in there. Uh, I mean, a ton of really, really big name players were in that video. Really powerful message. And, you know, especially in a league that has tried to squash peaceful protesting Colin Kaepernick, <clears throat> uh, in the past, it, it was important, I think, that the players came out and did that. And there's actually a cool story that Joe reminded me of. I saw this. I think it was in Yahoo Sports. It was the article I saw. Was It was actually an NFL social media manager who went rogue and got that video done because he DM'd Michael Thomas after the Drew Brees comments, which we'll also talk about, um, and was like, hey, would you be interested in doing a video like this? And he was like, Absolutely. And basically a lot of people internally in the NFL were very unhappy with the response that they made and very unhappy with the fact that the league had not been as supportive of the, of the black lives matter movement in these last two weeks. So they went and got this done and it wound up getting Roger Goodell to respond. It has been a difficult time for our country in particular black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much needed change in this country. Without Black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of Black players, coaches, fans and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. I mean, he, he it was a good statement. I thought I, I liked that he said everything that they asked him to say for the league, right? In that video from the players, they were like, we want you to say this. And he said that um, I thought it was solid and it was pretty surprising. I think that Goodell did that considering his history with this kind of stuff. The only thing I didn't love was that he didn't mention Colin Kaepernick by name. I think if, if, if you really wanted that video to hit the mark with the way that you wanted it to, and I thought it did a good job is you, you in there somewhere say, I apologize to Colin Kaepernick for not listening before he alluded to it but he didn't say it. No, yeah, I think people were looking for him to say we were wrong. 
you know, and or I was wrong in the way that this happened to you uh, was not right. Um, the one thing we've all been saying or most people have been saying at this point is, man, like Calf was right. Like and now all of a sudden people look at it and say, why didn't we listen sooner? Um, I will say this. Um, I'm happy Roger Goodell stepped up and said something on behalf of the NFL. Um, even if it's could be an, an empty gesture, whatever the case is, like you know, I think some people just feel like they have to respond in a way, which is fine. I'm just glad people are giving um, a response. Uh, I'm glad that he recognized that without black players, then you probably wouldn't have much of an NFL. Not to say white players aren't talented because they obviously are, and I can, there's a litany of guys that we can talk about that are that are white and uber talented. The best running back in the league right now is a white dude, and he's set the world on fire. And there's not a person that doesn't love uh, Christian McCaffrey. So it's not to say white guys, but let's just be real: the NFL, uh, the makeup is 70% black. Nine percent of the NFL are, uh, or nine percent of the coaching staff in the NFL are filled by black employees zero percent of the nfl or of the um principal owners are black so yeah there's still a problem and hopefully we can work you know towards moving to a better place i'm glad roger goodell was smart enough to know that man my players are angry um right now they have nothing but a platform to to speak on because people want them to be involved people want to hear their voices and things like that man i'm, I'm glad he said something I'm glad he was able to say black lives do matter Again, black life, somebody saying black lives matter, I want to be very, very clear about this. That does not mean all lives don't matter. But it's weird, like black lives matter is the one thing that we have to say and people go like, yeah, no, nah, I don't agree. You know, <laughs> seriously, like we don't go like, oh man, we don't go to cancer, like, oh man, uh, we're here for breast cancer awareness and we're marching for breast cancer. All cancers matter, Lynch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's silly. Like, we would never say that, you know? And so... Oh, yeah, uh, I don't agree. Oh, hey, say, we have to save the whales. We have to make sure we do it because the whales are going extinct. I mean, all mammals matter, Lynch. We have to save all the... What are you talking about? You, th that's how you, you would look at me like I was crazy if, I, if that was the response for everything. So this isn't saying that all... Obviously, hopefully, everybody believes that all lives do matter. If we did say that, then we wouldn't have to say black lives did matter. But I'm glad that Commissioner Goodell... Uh, at least had the wherewithal to respond to understand that he has players that are angry. He has players that are nervous and scared uh, for their lives, for their son's lives, for their brothers and cousins and uncles and things like that. So I'm glad he was able to step up and, and say something, especially in the wake of one of the greatest players of all time saying probably one of the most, I don't want to call it asinine because it's his opinion. And that's the great thing about being in America. You're, you're entitled to that but oh, we'll, we'll get really to that on. next don't let's not jump the gun on that that's our next segment but um did you feel at all like the goodell statement was forced i mean because of kinda. the video from the players kind of he kind of had to he had to say something it's like it's one of those things you were backed into a corner and Everybody knows that you have to say something. You're going to say something. You're going to release a statement at some point. But the NFL has always been very staunch in, like, sticking by what this, they do. So that's why human, it was nice that they did that. And this was a human moment for them. This And, that, and that's kind of why it, it humanized the NFL, who's always been very much about the bottom line. There's always been very a lot of pushback about, no, concussions aren't real. Concussions aren't a thing. You know, CTE isn't a real thing. Racism isn't a real thing in our leagues. And for for him to uh, admit to say that man we were wrong and i think that was the most 
the the most powerful part is like, man, the way we handled this about your protest was wrong. That wasn't cool. And the fact that he said that was enough to be like, all right, man, great. But I think no, there's, I think it, there's people that he deserved uh, that deserve apologies that weren't necessarily Colin Kaepernick. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, somebody like uh, Martellus Bennett, you know what I'm saying, should get uh, an apology for his treatment, by, for the way he was treated by a lot of people. Malcolm Jenkins, another dude that should probably get a little bit of an apology. What's, what's my guy play for the um for the for the, for the um, with Kaepernick? And I can't. And his name is escaping me right right now. Eric Reed. Eric Reed. You know, these are guys that outside of Colin Kaepernick were on the ground doing work, and they need their apology as well. So I understand it's probably not going to come for Kaepernick, but for the guys that still play in your league, you can at least say, "Man, we were wrong. My bad for doing that. I'm publicly doing it." I think one thing that will be important, and we'll see if it happens, but I think his first call should be to Kaepernick. You know, he said, "I'm going to talk to people about this and figure out a way to 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 be better." His first call should be to Kaepernick, right? It should be. And, you know, if if they actually are talking about apologizing for what had happened and wanting some change in that sense, then maybe hire Kaepernick as a somebody in a, in the head of a department of, of whatever you want to call it. Make him the leader in the league on social injustice or, or whatever. Um, I think that would be the proof in the pudding that you're looking for for the NFL to truly have changed their stance on this, right? Yeah. I don't know if he will do that, but I think that would be the best show of changing your mind and changing your stance and being willing to listen to things that previously you weren't. Yeah. No, I mean, and it, it was forced, but it, he needed to take a stance, and I'm glad he took the right one at that point. So uh, hats off to, I, again, was it perfect? No. But it was a step in the right direction. I think we all look for things to be perfect off top. And we got to understand it's probably never going to happen like that. So uh, I, I thought it was a step in the right direction. It was a, a step towards something positive. And, again, hats off to Roger Goodell for being mindful enough of his black players and of his product to say that, that we have to do something. All right, coming up next, Drew Brees put foot in mouth and uh, was killed for it and then released some apologies, some statements and some videos and whatever. Um do you buy it? That's next, fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten eighteen here on your Sunday morning. Talking a little uh, NFL Black Lives Matter protest stuff, and that kind of leads us into the Drew Brees comments that uh, he has since walked back immensely quickly and has now gone the complete opposite way. The original comments from Drew Brees, he was on some sort of CNBC show about money. I don't, I don't know what it was originally, but he was asked about the protests, and he said. I love and respect my teammates. I stand right there with them in regard to fighting for racial equality and justice, but I also stand with my grandfathers who risked their lives for this country and countless other military men and women who do it on a daily basis. And I will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Um, which was taken very poorly because although he probably wasn't trying to equate the two, he basically was saying that or at least it felt like he was saying that all of the protests for black lives matter was all about the flag. Right. 
and tying it all back to the Colin Kaepernick thing and the kneeling for the for the national anthem and how it was disrespecting the flag. And uh, it was very poorly worded, and it was probably, you know, it, well, it was not a smart statement to make <laughs> because I'm sure he believed it too, right? I'm sure he believed it because that's what he said. But he, within a day after having multiple players, including former teammates and current teammates of his, lash out at him on social media, backtrack and say he was sorry and he didn't realize the weight of his words and he wanted you to look into his eyes and see how sorry he was. His wife has now come out and said that we're the problem. We're sorry. And then Trump tweeted at Breeze saying, no, Breeze, don't back down. It is disrespecting the flag. And then Breeze actually countered and retweeted him and said, no, it's not about disrespecting the flag. You know, he took such a fast 180. It was kind of crazy. But um, Drew Breeze, foot in mouth. And I was pretty surprised by this because maybe I shouldn't be. But I figure if you're playing in the NFL and, you know, 80% of your teammates are black and you've been in the league for however many years and you kind of learn and you, you, you experience things with these people and they're your brothers on the field and that you would, I don't know, have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on. And so I was pretty disappointed by that from him. I didn't feel like he needed to be canceled over it, quote unquote, but I felt like, really? That's oh, disappointing. It was, it was a, a, for, I'm, I'm just gonna, I can't speak for every culture. I can tell you this: for black culture, he he got he got canceled real quick, real quick. Drew Brees is one of the greatest, and I put this on my Twitter, and most storied NFL players of all time. Number one all time in yards. I think he's like number three or four in touchdown passes. He's approaching the top of the list. I don't know. I could be could be wrong there. Um, Super Bowl winner. His popularity. In the eighth, in the fifteenth, blackest city in the United States, in New Orleans, rivals that of only maybe Barack Obama, maybe uh, Louis Armstrong. You know, as far as people that came from Fats Domino, like the list is incredibly short of people that may be more popular than Drew Brees in the city of New Orleans. Here's a dude that's put millions and millions of dollars into rebuilding the city post Katrina, into education systems. For Drew Brees to come out and say what he said in the midst of the world burning at that time was, I can imagine his publicist and his manager and everybody standing behind the camera shaking their head and waving their hands going, no, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you saying that right now? Even if you do believe it, that probably wasn't the time to say it. Now, here's Copart. He believes that. Because, again, you say you mentioned the quick 180. It reminded me of, like, It's a Wonderful Life or of Scrooge, of one of those movies to where, you know, he went to sleep and he was, you know, bah humbug and he woke up. It's like, Merry Christmas, everyone. That's what it felt like from Drew Brees. He woke up one morning was like, I was so wrong and I didn't know this. I'm like, bro, Malcolm Jenkins is on your team. You didn't, you didn't know that this was a, a big thing? Colin Kaepernick was somebody that you played in the playoffs and is no longer in, in the NFL because of this. You didn't know this would hurt people? Huh? People have been talking about this at you, and now all of a sudden because you fell backlash because people that once loved you so much in the city of New Orleans and around Louisiana are now looking at you saying, damn, damn, Drew, like that? That's how I took that. And I don't even live in New Orleans. I've been to New Orleans twice. And looked at that and was like, damn, Drew Brees, that's how you feel? Like, man, I would never respect anybody. After all that you've seen, 
you still think that that's what a, that's what it's about? I think he still feels like that. The fa- the thing is now again, I, you can't say that right now. You're you're looked upon on as um, as a bad guy. But here here's the cold part. That's the great thing about being American. You can feel how you want to feel. Say what you want to say. That's kind of the awesome thing about living here. You can do and say what you want to. But I think in feeling the way that you feel, it's going to make people feel a certain way about you. And at this point, there's no nothing you can say. It's like if you catch your girl cheating or vice versa, your girl catches you or somebody catches you cheating, right? They apologize and everything like that. And you might forgive them. But there's always going to be a point of a part of you that's looking at them like, mm, all right, you going over there with your girls? Yeah, all right, that's cool. Do your thing. Like, I trust you, but nah, not really. And I'm here, Drew Brees. I was like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but this seems like you felt the backlash and said, we have to say something. Well, we got to do something. I mean, I'm, you apologize, and I'm at this point now to where we have to be on this, we're listening to each other, you know, thing. So, you know what? I'm going to accept Drew Brees' apology. That's cool. You said it, and you, you, you meant it and everything, and now you're apologizing for it. I have a choice. Like, if we want to move forward and kind of hear each other out, and understand where each other's coming from. I have a choice but to forgive you and and move forward. However, don't don't think that I'm not looking at you sideways like yeah, all right, bro. You got to prove it, right? I the one thing I, I I took away from this was obviously yes, there was a massive backlash, right? And I think to him probably having his teammates and friends release videos or probably and probably more personally text or call him about this was probably a huge turning point for him in terms of apologizing, but I'm trying to look at it in a more positive way. And I'm saying I don't really like cancel culture in general because I feel like people need to learn somehow about some of these things. And if you cancel, quote unquote, that person because of one thing they said, then you're not giving them a chance to learn and redeem themselves. Right. Um, So in, in terms of Breeze here now, I mean, it's been days, right? We don't know. I mean, we got to see it in his actions and in his, in his beliefs. And, you know, you can only maybe take him at his word for that too, because you're not inside his head. But my hope is that through all of this, there are people out there who are having the realization of, oh my God, I've been wrong about this. Right. And if they have that realization, like Drew Brees had, and I just read the post from his wife on Instagram very long, so I'm not going to read it on the air, but um, she basically said, uh, here's a line from it. Somehow as white Americans, we feel like that checks the box of doing the right thing. Not until this week did Drew and I realize that that is the problem. Um, you know, as she said, I now understand we us saying that I don't agree with the disrespect and the flag is us saying we don't understand what the problem really is. You know, you're learning, right? You're learning. And if that if this is what it takes for you to learn that, then I'm willing to forgive you for saying what you said that was wrong or disrespectful to people or disrespectful to your teammates or whatever, because it's giving you the opportunity to figure out what is actually going on. And I I'm seeing a lot of this, at least on social media. And again, it's just words. And I think actions are important, too, is a lot of people are saying, man, I just didn't realize or I just didn't pay attention or, and I mean, I said this too. I, I did a little tweet thing a couple of days ago, and I was like, it's easy to let it go by the wayside because you're not dealing with it every day as a white person, me. Um, you know, you're just like, I know it happens, but I don't see it. So I don't think about it, right? Um, so I, I think it. I'm seeing a lot of people realizing certain things, and I hope that that means that they and others will help spur change. 
And I think Drew Brees and his wife can be a part of that because they do have a huge voice and they're massively popular. And they're, you know, the entire state of Louisiana is obsessed with them. I mean, maybe that's a good thing that he learned quickly it's, it's, of what he said was wrong. It's weird to me because you've been in New Orleans, Lynch? I have not. Uh, Joe? I have not. My dad actually just went there last year, so it was quite the eye-opening experience for him. New Orleans is one of those places um, that proudly uh, displays the rebel flag, proudly displays the Confederacy all the time. Um, and that's kind of seen as a, a badge of honor, you know, there. So if it's hard for me to hard for them to talk about disrespecting the flag when as Americans, like there's a lot of stuff we're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to wear an, an American flag themed shirt or pants or anything like am I am I tripping, Joe? Is that is that wrong? No, that's a hundred percent right. I mean, like with the flag, you're not supposed to wear it. So if, I mean, so we, if we're yeah. talking about disrespecting the flag, talk about that that American bandana that you have on, that American flag shirt that you're wearing, those American flag pants you got on, those those socks that resemble the American flag. Yeah, let's let's talk about it all. Let's talk about disrespecting the flag in all in all ways, not just these guys that are taking a knee for police brutality for a flag that continues to show that they do not care about them. You know, there's a line in the Star Spangled Banner about the, uh, and they don't, we don't sing this part, but about the slaves dying peacefully. Yeah, Francis Scott Key was a massive racist. Do yeah. we know that? Like, there's, or the, or the slaves mourn. I, I, I'll, I'll find the line for everybody. But there's lines in there that, that reference slavery and us. We are still considered three-fifths of a man. Not even a full man. So you can't be angry when these people are finally protesting things like that. So for Drew Brees, again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He Drew Brees, is, at least for the most part, he's shown that he can be a good guy. I'm going to allow him to show, you know, uh, the rest of the war. I'm going to be like everybody else, and I'm going to wait for him to do it. But I'll accept your apology. If you honestly feel that way, if you're honestly contrite and you feel uh, that you were disrespectful in your in your work, then I have no problem then to accept your apology and move forward because that's what it means to kind of build together. But if you're just saying it just to say it, bro, go ahead and miss me with that. Well, right, but that's what I'm saying is I'm hopeful, and maybe I, maybe this is me being naive and stupid because I mean it's okay to be naive and stupid right now. Though, people I think are, we all want to be. People are people and don't change their minds very easily. But I'm hopeful that people who are apologizing are actually learning, and you know. In the case of Drew Brees, where he has a big voice and he has a big following, and a lot of people listen to him, uh, it's a little bit more important for for that to be true. So I hope it is. This text is good, though. It says, honest question, if Brees had said, I won't personally make the choice to protest that way, but I fully support my teammates and their right to protest, would the backlash have been as big? Absolutely not. No. No way. No, but he was he was adamant. He was like, I will, it's disrespectful. My grandfather's fought in the like, wars. And, Louise. Yeah, I mean, it, he, was, he was connecting the two because he believed. He did, and his wife basically admitted that, that we thought it was about disrespecting the flag, but it's not. Yeah. Um, if he had said that, I mean, that's a very normal statement, right? That's a, that's an honest statement, and if you don't want to protest that way, that's fine. I mean, we always said that when Kaepernick and, and players around the league were dealing, it's like you don't have to do it that way, but you have to respect that other people are, right? So if he said that, no, the backlash would, would not have existed. There would have been no backlash. So, But maybe it's good that there was backlash. Because maybe Breeze and his wife and his family will change and be better for it, you know? I would so, again, be, I'm being naive about it, possibly, but I'm hopeful. That's I would all. love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations between he and Malcolm Jenkins. I would love to know how that turned out and, if anything, how 
emotional it may or may not have been. All right. Hate it or love it is coming up next. And then uh, we got, well, we only got two segments left, so the show's almost over. But first, Joe has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Your favorite Sunday morning game show on 1080 The Fan. Um, I don't even... Who's been winning? I don't even... Who's winning? What is occurring? I feel like I've lost track of who's been winning this recently. Uh, I want to say I won the last one. Am I supposed to be keeping track of that? No, or? no, it's more. Kinda, Joe. I mean, <laughs> kinda, yeah. I mean, sure. Mentally, only when you win, though, right, Rashad? <laughs> no, like, cause I need to know if I've been a losing streak. Well, I need to know Rashad how many win, in a row win. Yeah, Rashad's won them every time. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Undefeated. Uh, I do for. think you won last week. I was gone the week before, and then I think I won the week before that. So, um, all right. It's just good because I think I went, both of us had gone on long winning streaks before and we like to brag about it, but if we're not really paying attention, then <laughs> yeah, we can't no, remember. We honestly, we, we just start, get to, get to rambling sometimes. I don't even know. I don't really remember who wins till the music starts when we come back. So. Oh, right. Yeah. The music you're like, oh, right. Oh, okay. That's me. That's me. All right, Joe, what do we got today? All NBA. I figured it was only right that uh, we would go with the NBA since it was announced that it's going to be returning. Now we still have basically two months until it returns. I think that's the thing I have to keep telling myself. Like, oh, yeah, July 31st. We still have another seven weeks until then. Yep. But we can at least speculate. We can start thinking about the matchups and the teams and what's going to happen. And, of course, in the West, there was uh, two teams that seemed to be on top for the majority of the regular season. But this uh, whole tournament, everybody returning, maybe back at full health, might throw a wrench into things. So, hate it or love it, one of the L.A. teams will rep the West in the NBA Finals. Uh, I'll say love just because, I mean, they were the two best teams built for this kind of thing. They'll both be fully healthy. They'll both be wanting to win because that was uh, that was their goal going into the year, and they did play most of the season. It's different when it's like baseball and it's a short season. The NBA already played most of their season. So... Yeah, I think it'll be one of the two L.A. teams. It'll probably be the Lakers, to be honest with you. I, I was big on the Clippers going into this season. I really liked uh, what they had built there with Kawhi and Paul George, but it hasn't really panned out in the regular season from what we saw in the same way uh, that I expected, whereas the Lakers have been flying high, fun to watch, really, really good on the court. Anthony Davis, LeBron have a great chemistry together. Uh, their auxiliary players are playing into their roles pretty well. Um, they, they're just meant to win it this year, man. I mean, LeBron's going to win it again with another team. That's just kind of how I felt halfway through the season. It's like, who's beating the Lakers? Nobody. So, yeah, I, I'll say love. I think it, it will be one of the L.A. teams that represents the West in the finals. I also love it'll be one of the L.A. teams that represents the West in the finals. Uh, also, I think it's going to be the Clippers. 
I don't think it's going to be the Lakers. Here's why, man. Uh, better home record uh, at this point, man. It was it was the Clippers. Now, of course, the away record wasn't there, but the Clippers played better at home. Mind you, the Clippers didn't have uh, Paul George for most of the year. Paul George was able to come back, I want to say, right around, uh, what was it, December, somewhere, somewhere right around there. So he's finally going to be able to kind of come in and hopefully gel with his team, a healthy Paul George. You have the three best defenders, arguably, in the NBA on one team. Klay Thompson's been playing right now, so he's out of the mix you've got Kawhi Leonard you've got Paul George you've got uh uh uh, Patrick Beverly all on the perimeter man that's going to give headaches to guys like LeBron all those little insulary guys from the Lakers the Caruso's the Caldwell Popes the all those guys man unfortunately none of those guys will probably be able to get a shot off playing against some of the the three of first team all NBA uh defenders um I think I, I think the Clippers have a better coach I think they have a better, not a better superstar, but Kawhi Leonard is arguably the best all-around player in the game. LeBron is having an amazing year. Anthony Davis is having an amazing year. But when it comes down to it, LeBron kind of has problems with, man, uh, guys that are, are matchup problems for him, man, which is weird for LeBron to say because he can guard everything. But Kawhi is kind of the exception, man, because the Kawhi can do a little bit of all the same things LeBron can do outside of being as athletic as he is. So I'm taking the Clippers. I think the Clippers have a, a better team, a deeper team, and I think... And don't forget about guys like Lou Williams, who's coming off their bench and averaging 20 points a game. Don't forget about Montrez Harrell, who's also on that team. I just think you have a better roster than the Lakers have outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron. All right. So from the top of the West to the bottom of the West, Portland's going to be one of the teams uh, on the outside bubble that will be fighting for a playoff shot. And before the season was postponed, Everybody was excited for the return of Yusuf Nurkic. That was postponed as well. That was supposed to happen March 15th, and the league shut down, I believe, the 11th or 12th. Yeah, it was like a couple of days before. I remember that. Yeah, so he got, was coming back against the Jazz or something. I believe it was uh, the yeah, it was a playoff team. I know that. So the Portland Trailblazers should have all their horses. Zach Collins might be back as well, and a projected remaining schedule for the Blazers would be Grizzlies, Rockets, Mavericks, 76ers, Celtics, Nets, Lakers, and then either the Heat or Magic. So some quality teams in there. But again, the Blazers will be healthy, so hate it or love it, Portland will make the playoffs. Uh, Love it, I guess. I don't know. Um, I look at the... The Grizzlies, which are still a young and up-and-coming team, they don't really have the the playoff pedigree just yet. I look at the Blazers, a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals a year ago, you know, and did it shorthanded. So uh, I definitely think they can make the playoffs, especially in the setting that we're in. You're talking about bringing back a healthy Nurkic. You talk about bringing back a healthy Zach Collins. All of a sudden, that helps you as far as your defensive depth, which has been kind of a big issue for you. And then you add that with the, what Hassan Whiteside has already been for you as far as leading the league in blocks and tops in the league and, and uh, rebounds. That's only going to help you uh, around that time. I think the Blazers, as far as the other teams at the bottom of the West, the Blazers are the team that shouldn't be there. And I think we all know that. The Blazers are a top four team in the NBA. They just dealt with a slow start. After the slow start, they were just never able uh, to kind of rebound. But I don't think any of us think the Blazers are actually, in real life, a nine seed, an eight seed. I think we all think they're much better than they actually are right now. They're not playing like it. But at the, as it stands, coming back from the, from a long break, I think the Blazers are a much better team than the Grizzlies. And who's the other team? The, uh, we can't see them right now. Well, Grizzlies, the the Kings are going to be Pelicans, better than Suns. They're better than all the the only team that's probably uh, would be a push is probably the uh, the Pelicans, just because I think there's some matchup problems that the Blazers don't do well with. 
long point guards is a big is a big issue for the Blazers, and that could be something. I'm going to go ahead and say hate, and I think it's because it's important to remember the Blazers were eight games under 500 and playing really badly going into this point in the season. Yes, they'll have Nurkic back. Yes, they'll have Collins back. But what Nurkic and what Collins? How rusty will they be? Nurkic is playing for the first time after breaking his leg in a really, really gruesome injury. How much trust is he going to have in his body once he's back on the court? Zach Collins is good, but Zach Collins is not a a game-changing player yet. And the other teams around them were playing better than them. The Blazers could not beat the Grizzlies. The Blazers had not and got swept by the Pelicans. Uh, They only split with the Kings. So the Blazers were not a good team this year. And we have to remember that there's there's a lot of excitement because they have a chance to make the playoffs. There's a lot of excitement because it's coming back and you're going to have a fully healthy team for the most part. Like, like you mentioned, Rashad, not with Rodney hood. But my question is healthy. How, how much is Nurkic going to help? Is he really good? He's not going to be starting, right? Whiteside's still going to be the starter. So Nurkic is coming off the bench. How many minutes, how impactful is he going to be? And it's only eight games, right? It's only eight games to separate yourself from the teams that are tied with you currently stay within four games from the Grizzlies. And then, Oh, by the way, unless the Grizzlies collapse and lose every single game, beat them twice in two games, which will be tough too. So I'm going to say hate because the odds are against them. The odds are against them. The Pelicans are a better team than them. They proved that on the court all four times that they played this year. They're a better team than them. And like you said, all eight games, incredibly tough because they're all the teams that are going to be in Orlando. You don't have any gimmies in any of those eight games. They're playoff teams or teams on the bubble. I, I just, the odds are against the Blazers. So I'll say hate. Yeah. Good thing you uh, noticed that, Mike. I was looking at the, the schedule and I was like, wow, these are all really good teams. Playoff teams even. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, kind yeah. of the point of uh, these teams is that they're the last ones remaining. It'll so. be a good eight games for all the teams. Though. A lot of exciting matchups. For sure. Most definitely. <laughs> And uh, just one last one, one quick one. Got it from the text line after watching UFC last night. Fools getting knocked out, dropped, choked out. Someone asked, would you rather get knocked out or choked out? But I personally think that there is one that's better than the other. Hate or love it. You'd rather get knocked out versus being (laughs) choked out. Wow. I've really never been in a fight like that. So it's hard for me to even (laughs) fathom what that would fathom what that would feel like. (laughs) I feel like I'd rather be choked out because I know that being knocked out, it's like you're getting punched in the head. You're probably falling and hitting your head on the wall or the ground. Whereas if you're being choked out, you're in a chokehold, right? And you lose consciousness and then you get up and you're not punched in the face and have your head hit on the ground. So I'm going to prefer to be choked out, I guess. So because of the physical damage yeah, to I feel, your face. Yeah, I mean, I know getting choked out is not good. Like, you're you're still, either way, you're getting knocked out. You're being knocked unconscious, You're being right? suffocated. So that is a, that is the end result is you're being knocked unconscious. So there are things that are bad about that in any way, shape, or form. I'd rather it be that way than being knocked out. Although I guess on the flip side, now that I'm thinking about it, the one is instant you're getting punched in the face and the other is slow mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i don't want the physical damage of being knocked out i'd rather just be choke chokehold and then wake up and the fight's over so i don't know if that's hating or loving it but i'm choosing that option okay <laughs> uh i I've, I've i would love being knocked out uh here's why um sometimes you don't have to be i hit. would love being well, knocked here's, out. here's a goal for it. I've, I've talked about this a lot um you don't have to get hit incredibly hard to get knocked out 
We've seen a lot of boxing matches where it didn't look like he got hit super hard. He just got touched on the right part of his chin, on the right part of his head, and he was down. You know what I'm saying? Down for the count. Maybe not knocked out, but just down enough to be, like, woozy and stuff like that. When you get choked out, that means you physically either you tap out to somebody or they physically have you in a hole to where you're fighting and gasping for air and eventually just go, ugh. Yeah, would they accept? Pass out. Would they accept <laughs> like, the tap out? Because I would have tapped out two seconds into being no, choked. I mean, into I mean, probably, probably I'm done. not. I'm done. <laughs> or probably not. But I, I don't know if there's anything more emasculating than being choked out by someone. Yeah. You know, just like somebody. That means somebody's behind you, probably got their legs wrapped around you, and have you has you in the million dollar dream, and you're choking. You're turning blue. You're there. You're turn- <laughs> Like that's. I, I mean. Again, knocked out as an instant, like, man, he just caught me with one. I, I've been in I've been in a couple fights where it's like, man, it wasn't a hard punch, but he caught me at the right on the right spot and kind of dropped me a little bit. Like, yeah, that will absolutely happen. But to be choked out, to be to make somebody submit you or make you tap, like, hey man, that means the pain. If you get if somebody gets you in an arm bar or, you know, some type of ankle lock or leg lock, that means the pain was so immense and hurt so much to where you you said uncle. Yeah. You, like, you, quit. you called him uncle. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's that's emasculating and just knock me out, fam. You know, uh, valiant uh, effort there, Rashad, and I totally hear your point, and I'm, uh, I'm right there with you, but Mike did make a very good point with uh, no physical features being damaged or anything like that. So you know how many times when the these people fall? Thank you. Just your pride is hurt, man. Like, I mean, you know how many times when these people fall when they get punched, it's like their head smacks the pavement or they get pushed in they, they fall into like a wall or a fence or a sharp object sticking out of somewhere a I can, needle I a can syringe ex- i can i can explain that later in most a cases. bomb they fell into a bomb i can't Rashad. explain <laughs> i can't explain you know being choked out i can explain all that stuff so mike oh, likes to get head. choked Man, we all know that now can't explain that <laughs> oh god <laughs> what have i done um coming up next we'll figure it out actually i i, I have it already figured out i just saw a video uh, from yesterday, Las Vegas is officially back. I, I don't know which casino it is. I think it's Aria or Cosmo, but um, someone's walking around with the camera as all the casinos have opened up again. Yeah, this should go well. That's next on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. saw this on Twitter, Rosh Markazi. I don't know where he's working now. He was like a, oh yeah, still at the LA Times. He works for the LA Times. And he has a video that he either took or shared from one of the casinos in Vegas. I was going to say, is it porn? Not porn. Oh, rats. Although porn is allowed on Twitter, strangely enough. But um, the, I, I can't, God, I think it, I think it's the Cosmo. Um, but it's it's one of the nicer casinos. It's got a nice inside. He's walking around with the camera, he or somebody with the video he shared. There's a lot of people there. A lot of people there. There is about zero social distancing happening. And from what I see in this video, it's about a three-minute video, and I watched it uh, in the break. There is not one mask on. So Vegas is back. <laughs> And I guess uh, I guess we're gonna find out how that goes. I'm still uh, I'm still of the the mindset of maybe it'll be okay. Oh, there's a mask. 
Okay, I missed one. There's one mask. Um, and uh, I'm not, maybe it'll be okay, right? Maybe, you know, maybe we did overreact slightly and people being together won't spread the virus too much. I'm not hopeful for that. But, um, uh, you know, I'm, maybe we were wrong, but it's not great to see that Vegas is back, a place that at least I like to go to a lot. And it's a lot of fun and just there's no social distancing happening at all. Oh, there's another mask. Two masks. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. You know, like I, we knew Vegas would be open pretty soon and they'd be back to business as usual. I just feel like now is not the time, you know, I, I, and I saw the weirdest like they also don't have any of these like separators at the tables. They're just all sitting at the table. Yeah, I don't know. I saw the weirdest like Vegas commercial and I'm, I'm sure you guys have probably seen the two is like we're dealing with this and. We plan to get back to giving you a more intimate Vegas experience. Like, I don't want to go to Vegas for an intimate experience. It's not why I go there. I want to go to Vegas to pop at shorties and pop bottles. Like, I don't want to. What, I don't, what are you talking about intimate experience? Man, I don't want. I'm not going to Fiji. Like, I'm going to Vegas. So, I don't know. Unless you can really do Vegas the way Vegas is supposed to be done. Like, I don't think you can have a PG-13 no. version of Las Vegas. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go until it was safe, 100% safe to go again vaccine or treatment or whatever because it uh it just wouldn't be the same the energy there is like what i love going what for. drives you there Absolutely. and if people have i mean granted in this video that i'm watching if the energy still seems like it's there because people are just ooting the boot like normal but uh yeah i, I want to be able to go and like not have to worry about that kind of stuff you know so at some point, maybe next year, return to Vegas and, uh, and have some fun. That's going to do it for us today. Less Shock Tires podcast, TennyTheFan.com, Radio.com map. Listen, if you missed any of the show and you want to go back and listen to it, we're here every single Sunday, 9 to 11 a.m. Stay safe out there. Uh, stay smart and uh, keep standing up for what you believe in. Be strong. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.